0: Well, it's really just knowing the position that we're in and knowing what too much can do to a team. Understanding to use the confidence for ourselves, and don't let it take us way overboard. Because just as much as it's a good thing, it could be a bad thing. But with the guys in this room, or in the guys in our locker room, we do a good job of keeping everybody on that base floor, which is right where we want to be. A
2: pivotal week. And a pivotal game tonight for the Buffalo Bills. Deion Dawkins and the Bills hoping to keep a nice little win streak going here and revive the playoff hopes that were just a month ago on life support. Welcome back. Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer now here as we switch it up just a little bit. Slowly, though. I mean, Sports Teej Saturday continues here as TJ Luckman... Sits in the chair, and you are just thrilled that I said that out loud I'm on just, the radio airwaves. I'm just mad
3: I didn't think of it.
2: Uh, it, was, it was Taylor, actually. Oh, that's true. That's yep. true. I'm still
3: mad I didn't I, think of it.
2: I did steal that, but at the same time, it was my idea deserved, to put you two together today.
3: It to be stolen, so good. 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 <laughs> good. Anyway. If I'm not going to do it, somebody's got
2: it. Yeah, exactly, but I, I credit where it is due, of course, because, um, you know, that's how integrity works. Anyway. We have that. We have that. It's not, I mean, we have that at least journalistically. Stylistically, no. I just started telling everyone they were booty cheeks in the last segment. And you do that weekly, too. Yes. And people let you. People let me. And I don't know why, I don't know how, but it hasn't gotten me kicked off the air yet, so I'll keep doing it. So that's that's just how we do it here on a Sports Talk Saturday. Bills, Chargers, obviously tonight, 8 o'clock. You'll hear that right here on WGR. As you heard from Evan in the update, Sabres taking on the Rangers tonight. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock faceoff. That is over on our sister station at WBEN. You and Frank, TJ, you guys did a great job um, airing the grievances, so to say, catching that real festivus energy um, As as, yes, they pumped nine on the Toronto Maple Leafs, but... Why in the heck are they still employing three goaltenders? Why are they still feeling the need to routinely scratch Ryan Johnson? Why do they feel the need to keep both of Connor Clifton and Eric Johnson in the lineup at the same time? I'm hoping that the additions, uh, the returns, I should say, of Jeff Skinner, Jeff Skinner, Jack Quinn, and Jordan Greenway bring back the depth that this team needs. But it all comes down to there was an offseason of relative inaction. And, yes, I'm going to pile on a little bit there with, uh, with what Kevin Adams more or less didn't do this off season. But I'm not going to keep going at it, mostly because of the fact that um, you guys said it well already. Um, they needed to make themselves a big move to show faith in the team and the core that they have to be like, hey, we're swinging. Let's go. And they didn't do that. And I know that it's not like a simple swish and flick, here's a trade for you. But at the same time, you do want to see a little bit more on the incoming side uh, after your offseason than Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton. You want to see more than that. You want to see your team improve its roster. And to see it not have happened is ultimately a failure, especially if you don't make the postseason. Now that's set. My biggest grievance with the Buffalo Sabres this year is that every time I have to host this show, they go ahead and put up their most impressive their most impressive display to the to that point of the season before I come back in front of a microphone.
3: They love to do that.
2: They too. love to calm me down, and it angers me.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that's just funny.
2: It, it like I would love to be able to like rationally tear this team apart, but at the same time, they fed the Toronto Maple Leafs their biggest L since they lost to a Zamboni driver in 2020.
3: It's... It really is uncanny. Like, how hard am I allowed to go on them? It really is uncanny, especially this year when it feels like they've suffered an inexcusable loss at the worst possible time, and then they always go out the next game and respond to it in a good way where I'm just like... This time verbatim. Okay, yeah, right. This was a direct response of just like, okay, yeah, we're not happy nine goals, so we're doing nine goals ourselves. We're I, doing our own nine goals.
2: So I I had written something. I don't know if it's up on our website. Um, It was supposed to go up on Thursday, and then the Sabres promptly went ahead and scored nine goals. But um, I had comments directed toward what Kyle Oposo had said about, like, the yep. 12 years of the drought hanging over their heads. Yep. And um, I'm sorry to say this, but that is not why they're upset this year. Yep. They're upset because they saw a team fall one point shy of the playoffs. Now struggling like the usual Sabres do like the same old Sabres. Yes, that part is tied to the drought, but at the same time, we were expecting that this iteration was not that. Yeah. They've been improving with this core year after year. It seems Don Granado has helped them become stabilized after the biggest demon of Buffalo sports, not named Ken Dorsey. Like, I just, again, but then they go ahead and they do that, and it's beautiful, and life is great all over again, right in time for them to have to play again tonight, and if they go ahead and stink it up again, I don't get a chance to go at them. And, it, and this is a me problem, I'm speaking a first world problem to a T, but it's getting annoying. It's, uh, I want my emotions <laughs> to be
3: properly let out in a timely manner about the hockey team. One of these days, it's going to line up for you. <laughs> One of these days, and it's not going to go well. <laughs> it's, I talked about this in the, in the first segment of the show, too, about what Oposo had to say. Um, I wasn't a fan of saying, him saying, you know, just kind of chalking the booze up to, oh, that's just 12 years of frustration. It's like, listen... I get that it's not all your fault. Logically, like, it's not on, you know, Kevin Adams didn't make them miss the playoffs for 12 years. Don Granado hasn't been making them make the playoffs for however many years. But to me, it's, I'm sorry, when you get here, when you get to a place, when you're at a place where that exists, you take that full, you take it on. That's, that's your idea. That's your new identity. That's part of, The team's identity that's part of the organization, you can't acknowledge that as somebody else's problem. You have your own problems that you need to fix. I will tell you what
2: more people were thinking about while they were actively blueing on that Tuesday night. Yes. They were thinking about the fact that the Sabres are 1 and freaking 12 after a win. That's relevant for tonight. I am going... To think that it has to do with the power play becoming the literal definition of insanity on most nights. Trying the same thing and it not working. Having no creativity with the special teams unit. It stems from watching the third best scoring team from last year be reduced to a shell of themselves offensively. And now the head coach more or less referring to the fact that he's saying, hey, maybe we should just let offense go burr. Why didn't we just stay that way? You needed better goaltending. That was the issue. Ready? Keep everything the same. Sure. Don't change. Don't fix what's broken at that point. Sprinkle in your Devin Levi. UPL started to step up. Why can't we just go ahead and go offense, go burr again? Because it it worked.
3: Yeah. And I think that's what they're going to do, hopefully, based on what Granado's saying. But I'm with you on that in that you had this team who – Got you to within one point of the playoffs. I don't think that's an accomplishment or anything, but it was close. It was I significant progress. Significant progress, especially after the first two months of last year, and they're nearly there. So, to me, when you have that team, and you say, by all your moves in the summer, we're basically running that entire thing back, what... What good is it doing if you're trying to change what got you so close? What got you you, to
2: where you're okay with saying, we're staying the same. Right.
3: And look, I get that once you get to the playoffs, the game changes. Everything gets tighter. You need to learn to play that way. That's fine. Get there. Let's get there first. Worry about it later. Let them see for themselves. Exactly. To me, because to me, I know this is to me. I'm saying it. I got to get that out of my vocabulary. You're working on it. I know. We've got... I'm just going to keep going back to that same point. There was no reason to change anything that was going on until you face that issue and have to learn from it. Don Granado's is always saying, we will learn from this. And to me, they did not learn that last year that with this group, the style they played was what was best for them. Even if they're letting up so many goals, you're still taking more shots than the other team. You're still getting the chances that you need to keep the game level. So, it's, it stinks that we're at Game 35, and they're finally like, okay, I think we need to go back.
2: Now, here's the reason, though, that I feel like I can't go too hard on them. They are very close to where they were at this point last year, with an eight-game losing streak from last year's record. So, the consistency issue is there. 1-12 in 12 after a win. They have a chance to fix that tonight and make it a whopping 2-12 and 12 after a win. That would be huge just for everyone here. Not just here. I'm talking like Buffalo fans everywhere. It would be huge. But I'm starting to really have some legitimate questions about one aspect of Kevin Adams' general manager tenure. I'm not questioning his drafting methods. Those have been... He's been nailing it. He's been fantastic with the draft picks. I'm not going to go ahead and... Throw any cause for concern there. What I am going to question, though, is if he's too safe. You have Rosine and Kulik wasting away in the AHL. You already have the youngest team in the league. Peyton Krebs is not able to get out of a bottom six role. Notice how Zemgis Gergensens comes out the the lineup, though, by the way, everyone. And uh, Oposo and Krebs are starting to put up points. Ugh. I'm a certified hater of the Latvian locomotive, and I'm not a fan of that.
3: I mean, this year he has not given you any no. real reason to be. But I've always about his been a, in Buffalo.
2: I've always been a hater of Kergensen's, though.
3: Uh, see, I'm, I'm the opposite. I've always appreciated what he can bring <laughs> defensively, but this year he's not brought that with the new system change or whatever's going on with that. Yeah. I, he, I feel like we keep saying there's a new system change, and I don't know what evidence there is for that, but the fact that Granato had to say, we have to go back to the system we were doing last year, it's like, okay, so that's, that's all you really need to know. You can tell by watching them play. Um, but the other thing is this. You have the youngest team in the league. Yeah. You have
2: Rosine, Kulik, Savoy, Ostland. All four are first-round picks in your cupboard.
3: You said they're wasting away. I don't know. I wouldn't call in it the AHL.
2: I would say wasting away, only because of the fact that I'm not sure how much longer you keep them there and they start to really properly transition. Yeah. Because what this is screams to me Ken Holland burying the prospects in Detroit. Sure. During their playoff streak.
3: I th- I think something.
2: There is the, too much cooking uh, that it's allowed to happen. Yeah. Uh, and I do fear that that could happen here for those two players. Savoy and Osland, they're two more high profile prospects. At some point, you got to flip somebody because Quinn is not going anywhere. Paterka is not going anywhere. Middlestad is making his case to stay along. Yeah. Your top line's your top line. Cousins is signed long term. You don't even have room for Peyton Krebs on your active roster. Yeah. I think, I think. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. Give a couple away and get a bigger cook,
3: a better cook, a sous chef. I think I think you're you're definitely your head's in the right place. I just think that my
2: words might not be, and that's my biggest. No, no, no. Flaw. no your words, are,
3: your words are there. Your <laughs> words are there too. I just question. You talked about how safe Kevin Adams is, and I wonder what their urgency is about the entire situation. And to me, it, it isn't much. They're Fine with letting them cook. I will say that with Rosine and Kulik, when they came up, they were put into spots that they're not going to succeed in an NHL lineup for. And the problem with bringing them up at this point is any spot that they're more geared for. Like those are those are they're they're skill guys. They're top six type players and. Frankly, when you bring them up here, they, they're they not top six players. You have other top six players. Exactly. They're not so, able to
2: fit in the square So hole. they're not
3: even fitting the system. So what my thing is I don't mind leaving them in the AHL for a little while. This is only Kulik's second pro season. It's Rosine's second pro season. They're not even out of their entry-level deals yet. So I feel like you you're not in any sort of danger of overcooking them yet. I think if you get to the summer and nothing happens with any of those players, that's when you start to worry. I know there's, like I said, I know there's urgency and wanting to make the playoffs this year, especially from a fan perspective. And it should be from the team perspective, especially with how close you were last year.
2: Here's my response, though, to the urgency thing, which is a great point. What urgency do they need to feel? Right. And it's more or less... I think it's more of a faith-based move, and every division rival that's been going through a rebuild has went swinging too. Yeah, and you should, and I feel like you should. I mean, the Senators went for Jacob Chitren. Uh, Detroit goes for Alex Debrinket. Uh Even the Canadians—they tried to trade for Kirby Doc. That one didn't work for them either. He got injured. Now, let's, you now have, let's take
3: a look at where they are in the standings.
2: Yeah, just to be fair. Just to be fair. <laughs> however. I'm saying there's also the spirit of giving it a go and showing your core that you're worth investing more into. Not just the money and the years. Investing another piece to get everyone excited. And when I say everyone, I include the locker room. 803-0551-888-552-550 as we go ahead and get ourselves connected with our fans. That's brought to you by Northtown Kia. We go to Joe in West Seneca. Joe, welcome to Sports Talk Saturday thanks I'm happy to be on sports Talk Saturday. Merry Christmas Happy New year you as well um, So the question is this if they're going back to the old style, the games they won and look very impressive this year when they beat the Rangers, when they beat Vegas, when they beat the Bruins, which style were they playing? I mean, does it mean they know how to play a better defensive style or they don't know how to play it or can't adapt to it, or why do they have to go back to last year when when you get to the playoffs? everybody plays a defensive style i do agree with you on having to trade some people for some better people and they don't have enough size and toughness on this team so that's my thing you're changing styles but sometimes this year they played this style really well i joe that's a good point i I I do like that that. and um i do think that uh oh yeah sorry I, i do think that the um the issue is, is that they don't consistently run what this new style is, and they can default back to something. Also note, though, that those games that they're doing this against are the better competition. Yep, they are better against better teams this year, and they're playing down to competition, and I think that has to do more with trying to be careful on defense. And when you play defensive, you get burned. Yeah, Prevent prevents winning. Yep. And that can be said in hockey, too. So... I... I... Yeah. We'll see what we've got, but at the same time, I am I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that the return of Greenway, Quinn, Skinner gives them that depth necessary for them to go ahead and roll those three lines, get themselves good matchups against third pair defensemen. Don Granato brought that up earlier this week, back on Tuesday when he was with uh with Jeremy White. It's a it's a matchup thing. You yeah. want to be able to match them up. You want to be able to switch things up before the next thing you know. Kid line goes off. They need to prioritize it. What do they do? They give the third-pairing team—the They give their the opponent gives their third-pairing to uh, Middlestat, Benson, and Greenway, the dog line. They got that dog in them, and if you give them the bad matchup, they're going to exploit it. Yeah. Do you dare put a third-pairing group on the top line when they're buzzing? No. So I'm hoping that this depth is solved, but at the same time, if they were Jack Quinn away from re-elevating their game—
3: um, i got a lot of questions. Yeah, and I think something else to consider, too, uh, when you're talking about the new system stylistically, I think there's value in employing that against certain teams, and New York is definitely one of them uh, because they're a team that's already going to slow things down on you. You can If you can play that game with them and play it better, then, then do it because they're going to make life hell for you if you're trying to do the offensive stuff. And that goes
2: to Joe and Wes Seneca's point of, adaptability yeah. what kind of game were they playing against those top teams maybe that was adaptability and maybe that's something granado's learning on the fly
3: i th- i think that's right and i think with don you have to i don't think you have to understand but i mean like he is he is a first-time head coach that's not really an excuse anymore he's in his third year uh his third full season with the team. exactly so um i'm I made a point last hour or the first hour that like I honestly appreciate that it took so long, yes, but I appreciate that Don said that wasn't working. A lot of coaches will not acknowledge what's not working Oh hockey people are is. the
2: most stubborn people in the world. Right.
3: So like I understand it from that element and all that. I just again it's frustrating when a lot of it's frustrating when you're kind of sitting there and you can see it and you see other people who can see it. And then the coach just continues to run it back.
2: All right. I got my Sabres out of me. Um, It's time to make the switch. Bill's pregame is going to start at 3, but we're going to go over some of it as well here on Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, TJ Luckman here for you for a little bit more. Evan is on the board. You're with us. Jeremy gets Bill's pregame started with Bill's game day at 3 o'clock, and you're listening to the radio home of the Bills and the Sabres, except for today. It's on WBN. But you're listening to WGR. Still one of the more premier pass rushers in this league. You know, he's got 15, I think, on the year, a guy that can be extremely dominant. He played at UB, so I think there's some probably extra motivation going against the Bills, and and he's a a fantastic player. But they got some other guys on that defense, too, that fly around, that can make some plays. And I couldn't tell you what's going on in their minds right now with, with coaching change and this and that, but I can tell you one thing, that they're going to be ready to play come Saturday night. Bills quarterback Josh Allen on Chargers pass rusher Khalil Mack. The last time that Buffalo was in LA, it was not a good time. However, we are far gone from the days of one Nathan Peterman. We got
3: Josh Allen no. under center. No, the last time in LA, the Bills were fine.
2: Oh yeah. Wait, which game was that? The, Hull- the Rams game.
3: Yeah. The Rams oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm messing. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. To face I'm the Chargers.
2: You. I should have been more specific. You should have been. But I deserve to get That's corrected. That's on you. <laughs> but I deserve to get corrected. We may be chaotic weirdos, but we're we have integrity. So when I say something incorrect, you guys let me know. Just like this programming note, it's going to be Nate and Joe for Bill's game day, yes. not Jeremy. So I said that one wrong as well. I got to read the update notes. Shame on
3: you. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> he really does have 15. Shame. Khalil Mack has 15 sacks this year. I feel like he's been having off years for a while, but this what a, what a return to form for him, for the Chargers team. Having Joey Bosa
2: <laughs> on the other side helps.
3: Yeah, I'm sure it does. Khalil Mack. Um, but there nothing rest but of the, good things to say about that. But game. the rest I of the Chargers continue the to charge.
2: I do wish he did sign with the Bills at some point, but you know what? Given what given what they've gotten out of Leonard Floyd though, too, um considering the contract that they gave him. Oh yeah.
3: And I think isn't Leonard That's, Floyd younger? I think they're he about is. The, like a year younger.
2: But but it's it's a push. Yeah. You got a player that you were able to afford, didn't have to work any cap around it, and you got Double-digit sack season out of him.
3: Yep. And you take that Their first one in, like, four years, I think I saw. Which, I think this is the first in the McDermott era. I think that's right.
2: Which might make a lot of sense, because you think about all the defensive end tandems and combinations that they've had under McDermott. And, like, Trent Murphy was a thing. Uh, Yeah, I can remember that one. That's some dark times. Uh, But anyway, but these were playoff teams, though. Like, it's not... Yep. It's not doom and gloom. I could bring up Trent Murphy, the defensive end, and people go, All right, well, it's not the worst thing that could be said. It's not drought history. Yeah. So anyway, Bills, Chargers. Joe put up a piece that made a lot of sense on our website at WGR550.com. Um, in one way or another. Um, uh, of course, stating that, you know, how everything has happened with the Bills, and as frustrating as the season has been, you look at the other LA team and guess what it could be worse it could be so much worse the hack job that Brandon Staley did to that football team with Justin Herbert as the quarterback they had an offense with weapons of Herbert Eckler, Williams Allen in the course of three years went to the playoffs once famously duffed it on the last game of the season, calling a timeout and letting the Raiders get petty. And then, even more hilariously, choked away.
3: What was it, 27 or 28 point lead? I think it was, it was 28, but I'll fact check that. Still ridiculous. It was 28 to 3 or something, right? I thought, I thought it was zero. Could be right. I'm fairly, it, was, it was a big
2: It was, it was a, big, a big difference. But again, Staley just... Kept going ahead and failing and flailing at everything and everyone. It was 27. It was 27. But still, holy Christ. Like, this guy is a hack. And they should have known that he was a hack the minute he called a timeout in overtime against the Raiders when a tie was going to get it done. You never stop your enemy from making a mistake. And the Chargers stopped the Raiders from doing that. So here we are, Bills Chargers. I get people being afraid because they yes, they lost to New England this year. This is why they're in the spot that they're in. That said.
3: The team is a different team from what it was. Offense go Yeah. That's my that's my quote today. They offense have go-ber. Com- they have confidence now. They're it feels like it felt like when watching Ken Dorsey call an offense, it felt like he was just sort of picking and choosing stuff that he thought would be cool.
0: It was Whereas with Brady,
3: you can almost see you can see in the analysis after the game of what he does to set up other plays throughout the game. He's also making
2: life easier on Josh Allen with disguise with coverage disguises. Right? Why, if you have motion, guess what? Someone's going to have to go ahead and show what they're doing. Right? Either Which... they either they don't move in its zone. Or they do have to move with man coverage,
3: and that is a rudimentary concept, elementary even for an at, offensive coordinator. At this day and at this day and age, and the types of offenses that are being run, one hundred percent. So, yeah, it's it's good to see it going now. I now I'm not really worried about the Chargers game. I now understand
2: how those Hurricanes of the University of Miami lost and never won a championship game. <laughs> Because they had oh, Ken Dorsey, man. yeah, I'm gonna. He g- wasn't.
3: He wasn't calling the plays. I'm there. burying the dirt over this grave. I'm putting oh. more dirt on it. The uh, one thing. The one thing I, one thing <laughs> I will do. Uh, I will give Dorsey credit for is the pieces were there for him to create a running game, and I feel like Joe Brady picked that up. I don't know what he's telling the players, but he clearly has made concepts simple, simpler in that area, and now watching the Bills offense and seeing them become the dual threat that I feel like everyone's asking for everyone has been asking for it. Like I know that we make fun of I know I make fun of. I know that we say things about Sean McDermott saying he wants complimentary football. But when we talk about complimentary football, this is what we're talking about. Not running to set up the pass and passing to set up the run. Just run with what works. Run with what works. And set up stuff later so that you know that'll work
2: later. Yes. And The thing was, is that Brady also very quickly realized, hey, they're not getting out a dime. Our players are bigger than yours. We're just going to shove you around. Let's party. And that's what they happily did. Uh, Ed Oliver's uh, post-game interview was just still the greatest. Ten-yard gain. Ten-yard gain. Ten-yard gain. Like, it was so blunt, but perfect. Yeah. Comedic and yet wise, all at the same time.
0: Yeah. And why not?
2: Just ten-yard gain. Yeah. Uh, again, this is the most complete that we're seeing the Bills' offense, and now you're going to tell me that the Chargers are going to get in the way? Yeah, come on.
3: No, I I feel that. I feel like just general um, losing to the Chargers is very much like my nightmare scenario thing. But like that's it. Let's that's it's a, a nightmare. It's, let's put the,
2: it shouldn't even be a thought in let's, my. Let's address the cabinet. Night, let's address the nightmare scenario for
3: you and everyone else that night- has it. I, know. I don't have it, but I'm going to go ahead. It with myself. I'm just saying these are thoughts I've had. I'm I've talked to, myself down. I'm going, going to go ahead. do it for ahead. everybody.
2: I'm going to go ahead and do it for everyone right now, and it's simple. Ready? They lose to the Chargers. They're not a playoff team. They don't deserve it. Right. And then Easy. we're back to fire and brimstone a month ago. Okay? That's it. Like, that's simple. It's very, very simple. Yeah. I am a simple-brained human. I know what simple is. Yeah. No. If they lose this game... They're not a playoff team. Yep. that's it. The end. I can't wait to coast through the last three weeks of the regular season. Well, last two weeks, because that would be a co- like it would be a coast job. Yeah, me with breakfast with the Bills next week. I would just be like, hey, Bills stink. We got a Bills
3: game later today. We got a Bills game later here's, today. Here's here's Josh Allen from here's yesterday. Here's the next forty minutes of nature sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's Beavis and ButtHead laughing on a loop for an hour. Yeah, like yeah. that would be it. Yeah. That would be my show, but next that's, week. that's it. Like that—that's the it's the back of my mind thought. Like the the rational thought in me is like, of course, this team is a better team than the L.A. Chargers. They better be, or else exactly what you said—they're not a playoff team.
2: And talent-wise, L.A. Simple does have L.A. does have talent. Let's sure. not ignore that. Sure. However, we also don't know how they're going to get coached. So there could be a response. Yeah. There could be a little bit of a backbone. Yep. But if the Bills' defense lets Easton stick do something, then I will never
3: forgive them. You cannot let a hockey stick brand beat you in football.
2: Exactly. You cannot let a hockey stick beat you in football. Simple as that. Again, simple man, simple, smooth brain. That's the take. That's the energy you should have today. So if you're afraid, don't be. If they lose, be angry. Because they deserve it. Just like how Sabres fans are becoming apathetic because they're upset with the team. They're not showing up to games again. The performance that they usually have at home is not good. Guess what? If that's how you're feeling, feel that way. I'm not going to go ahead and say to anyone that, uh, you know, they're not going to – they're not true fans. No, they are. They're mad. Like, thats that's a normal emotion to have especially with the money that you spend and the time that you spend on your entertainment. For anyone that listens to this show, know that that is the greatest honor that you're using your time because it costs nothing to listen to a radio. It costs nothing to listen to me blather on. It costs nothing to have Frank and TJ on here and you guys listen to them. If you don't like it, you turn it off. But you're investing your time. And that is something that I'm always going to hold near and dear to my heart. And I don't care if you're a hater. I'm obviously going to care if you're a supporter because, hey, you know what? Compliments make the world go round. But if you're a hater, you invested your time. And I'm still thankful for that. And I'm always going to be. Hopefully, the Bills and the Sabres can allow for some rewards of the time that we invest in them. That's all we ask, really. That's all we ask, (laughs) and that's why there was an airing of grievances about the Sabres today. That's why we were firing Brimstone a month ago about the bills. You want to return on the investment that you make with your time. Money can always be made back. Time cannot. That was way too serious for me. we got to go to a break. Okay. (laughs) We'll come back. Next segment, usually throwaway. Let's see what kind of grab bag we have here next uh, right here on Sports Talk Saturday. Derek, TJ, Evan, and you. 803 550 550 if you want to squeeze in here. We'll play back some of Joe Brady earlier this week as well in the next hour. Right here on the radio home of the Buffalo Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550.
1: After the end of a good fight,
2: we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com/network today.
3: Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.
2: I feel like I do this once a show where I appreciate everything that and how our producer, Evan Pasquale has grown throughout his time as producer for this show. So I'm always going to give the shout-out. People are giving props to TJ right now for some of the music drops that are playing, and I'm like, no, TJ is in front of the microphone. He doesn't have control of anything right now. This is Evan. This is his doing. But, but this a, is also TJ's I was going to say, say, Evan yeah. has
3: it easy. He just needs to search the system for L-Bump when I'm but, playing, and he knows he'll have good stuff. But the thing is, is that he could ignore it. He could. He could. He could use other people's bumps, which aren't as good. Yes. I'll, I'll call him out right now. I thought about like trying to make my own <laughs> bumps, just like music that I like to listen to. Go for it. it
2: so. I mean, you are in the producer's chair. You're allowed to put your style in here, but uh, again, how you've grown throughout the year on this show is something that I need to make sure I shout out. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Hey, you're welcome. It's it's Christmas weekend. It's holiday
3: time around here. Yeah. Um, why is, not? Yeah. It is festivist. I feel like we should be complaining about Evan Moore, but we'll 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 save him from that. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. It, we'll save our grievances for this. possibly later today. Yeah. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. But again Well th- we got double we have double chances for grievances tonight. We of got, course. Yes.
2: We got double chances for grievances. I'd rather not. Yeah. Um one of them would be a lot um like I said, fire and brimstoney, er than
3: the the other ones a lot less of uh you know
2: yes but. but yeah again uh i do think though that um it is time for a little bit of an airing of grievances one more time what did you
3: just no it just it just the arm wasn't totally in place of the chair it just it it <laughs> it caught me off guard
2: all right I, I i saw a face i was like wait did you did, you, did the tear, did
3: bleh, bleh, i could talk
2: did the chair get you no um kind of kind of <laughs> Uh, all right, so anyway, nonsense segment, airing of grievances. Um, I do have one here, uh, honestly. And I'm glad that it's not down the hall anymore because I'd get in a lot of trouble if I said it while that was going on. But I am okay. Don't
3: say it. Don't do it. I know where you're going. Don't with do not it.
2: having Christmas music playing every day after Thanksgiving. We don't need it. It's Okay.
3: Rob, after if you're listening thanks, to us, I'm so sorry.
2: After Thanksgiving, I love Rob Lucas, but I'm allowed to like. I'm able. To, I'm free to say can, that we can, now. We can
3: say it now. I can say it now. They start after
2: Halloween. Halloween. I was going to say which November first. What makes it even more
3: egregious to me? <laughs> because it's the same forty songs. Honestly, that if we if we can talk about now legitimate that's what we call covers twenty five. Holiday edition. Man, are we really, really, uh, are we really using this segment to be like, okay, so here's the problem with holiday Christmas music? (laughs) Kind of. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I like. I think it's very nice for the time of year. But I'm in total agreement with practically everybody. November first, really? What are we doing? Yeah, no, like that doesn't that we don't
0: need to do that. December first, I feel
3: like is my. Yes. Okay. If it's you wanna put up your outdoor Christmas decorations if you've got a lot, I'll see yeah. that's okay if you wanna put them up early, so you're not putting them up when it's freezing cold yeah. and you're losing feeling in your hand, <laughs> yes, that is when I'm okay with it for health's sake yes, I will say I will say for the most part, I'm usually <laughs> able to avoid hearing what I don't wanna hear music wise unless I'm like in a store or something around that time of year, so like Truthfully, it's a. Th- I feel like it's a thing that used to bother me, but now it's just like I. It's what it. It's what it has been for so long. It just at this point, it's like okay. I come guess I'm off turning as, the station. I'm
2: going to come off as a total scrooge here because I, know. I am.
3: I. I'm not. This shocked. one is not. This, this is one's, not shocking.
2: This one's not the people's fault. I'm blaming the company, not the people. But Amazon drivers have a very hard job, and they have to do things quickly, and they park in a way. That makes me not f- safe for my well being. And I know it's not their fault. It's Amazon's fault. Hey, guaranteed two day delivery, even though you're in Iowa. Okay. Back to the Christmas music stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just as l- I don't care what Christmas music you play, just as long as you don't tell me that Christmas shoes is a good song. Okay, I don't even care about the songs and where I would rank them or which one's most hateable. I have proof positive from the company holiday party that we had where I was booty cheek of the week. Simple. Our colleague, friend, Brayton Wilson was in the newsroom (laughs) with on a loop metal covers of Christmas songs. That proves to me that it's the same. Forty songs, because if I can hear
3: Rudolph, like, (laughs) oh my (laughs) god, we gotta go to break. I hope you, I hope you record that for something later. It needs to be done. Yes,
2: we will. We will absolutely have more ridiculous opens, more of your sports talk Saturday as we continue to shift to Bills pregame in about an hour's time. Derek Kramer. Evan DePasquale, we'll take you through that next hour as TJ's got a scoop. But thank you for your three hours here, Teach, as Sports Teach Saturday ends. Still love that moniker. That's that's great. Taylor did a great job there. Shout out Seltzer Mom.
3: Once it comes back uh, next day, you're off, and I get my own. That's that's what we're referring to it. As there we go. From now on,
2: we'll, we'll make an open just like I don't know Sports Teach Saturday. I'll, I'll record the voiceover. Can we get can we get Jim it's color, tea, can we Saturday. get Saturday?
3: Can we can we get him to do that? That would be amazing.
2: Yes, let's let's go ahead. Let's pay the people to get it done. All right, we're back for one more hour. We'll hear from Joe Brady. He had a lot of wisdom to say and part upon us. And we'll go around the league. Who do we need to win football games today and tomorrow? We'll go through all of it, and we'll try to squeeze in time for you as well on WGR.